0: Welcome to Trivially Crucial, where we believe every fan panel, cosplayer, cult classic star, and even fire code is important and critical to our lives. I'm Mandy, And I'm Michael. And we also have special guest stars of uh, various people in our hotel room at Dragon Con.
1: Yes, uh, we are actually recording in person, which is new for us, and it's exciting. We're um,
0: sitting across from each other.
1: Yes, yeah, so uh, for anybody who's listening who doesn't know, which probably isn't many people, but uh, Dragon Con is a... Gigantic uh, general nerd convention in Atlanta, Georgia, um, and it's been going for a very, very long time. Um, this is well for a very long time in my my from my perspective. It is as old as I am. It is thirty years. Thirty older. years
0: of Dragon Con this year. We have not been coming for thirty years.
1: Yeah, I, I was not coming at like a few months old. That's not I a was thing. not even alive. Thirty years. Ago. <laughs> Mandy's a youngster
0: well, uh, by like six months. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, so we've been coming to Dragon Con together for several years now. Uh, my first year was... What are you, you know, talking
0: about? You were alive. Oh, yes.
1: yes.
0: My mother has interjected that I was in her stomach
1: <laughs>
0: at this time 30 years ago.
1: So, um, yeah, I guess uh, I've been coming since 2002 on and off. Um, I was in high school back then because I grew up in the Atlanta area.
0: I've been coming since, like, 2007? Uh, straight came, through. yeah, came because a friend uh, didn't want to go alone and uh, been coming back ever since.
1: Yeah, um, I don't actually know whether or not Mandy or I or like who which of us has been here more times I would actually I would, I would probably have a hard time figuring out if I've been here more than nine times because I have not come straight through, uh, but I did come a couple times in high school, a couple times in college, and then the last several years. Uh, Mandy and I have been coming together <laughs> since 2012. <coughs> right? um,
0: yep. 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 We have a hotel room with my parental units Yes. and uh, various friends um, which includes Michael and Caitlin. Your con wife? My con wife.
1: <laughs> so uh, behind us, just to give you a, an accurate picture of what we're doing right now uh, DragonCon has this great thing called DragonCon TV which is basically a Constant video stream of things related to the con, events in the con, shows from the con, starting tonight, right? Yeah. Thursday night um, of of con weekend, all the way through to where in the end con ends Monday morning.
0: Monday afternoon. Monday
1: afternoon. Excuse me. And right now, what they have uh, is it's called uh, was it DC DCW wrestling? Wait, DCW
0: wrestling.
1: DCW wrestling. That's right. For I. I... I'm
0: glad you knew that.
1: <laughs> So uh, it's uh, I have the official thing up on the the digital program for Dragon Con. It's the best independent wrestlers from all over the U.S. showcase skills for an exciting three hours. So it's three hours of semi-pro WWF style wrestling, uh, and it's kind of that, to give you an idea uh, that this is not your normal <coughs> con. This is a very weird. I like to kind
0: describe describe Dragon Con as like fifty five cons within a con.
1: Yes. Um, So, yeah, uh, this is...
0: We're sitting in a hotel room floor at this moment, by the way, Uh, while my parents are apparently moving around the bed. I'm really not sure what's happening over here. Uh, And Caitlin is sewing a costume, uh, because this is things that happen on the Thursday night of Dragon Con.
1: Yes, yes, indeed. I'm very disappointed to, for two years in a row, to not be wearing any costumes, this is a huge bummer.
0: Yeah. No, I'm,
1: last year I did.
0: What did you wear last year? Last
1: year was the Aladdin and Sonic, wasn't it?
0: That's true. Yes. 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 Yeah, you yeah. were yeah. Sonic. Everyone was excited about your Aladdin. Yes. And yeah, your yeah. Sonic. Everywhere you went, people were like, gotta go fast. Yes.
1: Yeah. So I'm very bummed. This year is a an incredibly <laughs> hectic weekend for me. Um, <coughs> I have Dragon Con happening all weekend, and I, have, uh, I also have a bachelor party tomorrow night, a wedding rehearsal Saturday, and a wedding I'm in on Sunday. I'm going to do as much as I can. to I couldn't possibly miss Dragon Con, and so I'm going to stretch myself as thin as possible by being here as many times as possible. Um.
0: And I promise, despite the coughing, I am not patient zero of Con Crud. Uh, I've had this cough since the Ghostbusters podcast, uh, which we actually <laughs> recorded weeks ago, uh, and no one has gotten it from me. I am not contagious. No one's getting it from me. Not patient zero. The zombie apocalypse is not starting here.
1: She's really, actually, just trying to increase the degree of difficulty for podcasting. That's all it is. Well, surely, surely. <laughs>
0: that said, we're all bathing in hand sanitizer. I'm giving you a sad, sad. If, if you were going to get it, you would have gotten it last weekend.
1: I have to say, the dynamic of podcasting in person is very different from podcasting remotely, and I kind of like it. <laughs> um, so, Too bad
0: we live, like, you know, 22 hours apart.
1: Yeah, it, it's not really doable under normal circumstances. Um, so, yeah, Mandy, what does the weekend have in store for you?
0: You know, I have no idea. I always go through and make a schedule, and I never live by it. Yep. Ever. Same. Yeah. Uh, So, the things that I have to do this weekend are see Charlie Cox, who is Daredevil.
1: And we are planning on doing that tomorrow morning.
0: Yes. Ideally, get a photo with him so that Caitlin can touch his abs.
1: That is abs with a B-S, not... not... I
0: I don't know what else I could possibly be insinuating. (laughs) I honestly don't know. Uh... Don't look at me like that. I don't know what you're
1: talking about. Well, only, I will. I'm sure many listeners do. So, <coughs>
0: um, and then I need to get uh, Brandon Sanderson and Jim Butcher to sign my copy of Dangerous Women, which isn't to say I don't have their autographs already in various other books, because I do. I'm. I just have a problem, and like. Well, you have many
1: problems, but this is one.
0: Yes, yes. I, I had a huge dilemma. Do I bring all the Brandon Sanderson books? that I have unsigned, which is, granted, only, like, four. It just happens that they are four huge books. Um, but I decided not to bring them.
1: Well, are they, like, the recent Wheel of Time books, or... No, no, no. no. I have all of those signed. Okay, good. The good. only
0: good. books I don't have signed are Words of Radiance, um, and um, the two most recent... Um, oh, gosh. The two most recent in the Steelheart series. Um, and then, obviously, my copy of Dangerous Women, which is an anthology that he had a story in. Everything else is signed, um... Because I have a problem, mm-hmm. which is I need Brandon Sanderson's signature on everything. Though, oh, I brought the comic book that he recently put out that I need. I didn't to realize he
1: put out a comic book.
0: Yeah, well, he didn't do the art. He wrote it. He wrote the story and gave the story to a comic writer and artist who made a
1: comic version. Yes. Okay.
0: Well, it, there there is no book version.
1: No, no, no. But they it is essentially the equivalent of writing like this. The screenplay versus the script sort of a thing. Yes. Where yeah. So he, he sort of wrote the baseline that they then based the comic itself on. Yes, okay. so
0: there, there's no novel version of this uh, book. It's called White Sands. I haven't actually started reading it yet because uh, I have too many things to read. So, uh, yeah, you can go to the vendor's room, walk around the autograph hall. Those are your standard things. And mostly just hang out with Caitlin, Michael, and my parents. And, you know, okay. people watch People watch yeah. and cosplay. Because I, I, we will be cosplaying every day, unlike ugh, other people. I know. I, I you know,
1: I. I <coughs> if I weren't in this wedding, I would at least like I would have planned an additional costume. I would have worn the same two costumes from last now, year. Now, to be
0: fair, this is the year of like minimal cosplay. I did not make anything new. I only pulled out old costumes. So. Uh, And I'm sure I will update you guys every day with what I actually wear, because once again, I bring more costumes than I need for the weekend, and we go with what happens.
1: Yeah. Uh, I have zero missions for this weekend. It is very much a enjoy my time at con, (coughs) hang out with Mandy, (coughs) uh, meet up with a few other friends I don't get to see often who are at con or who want to see me for a little bit, if I can manage it. But I'm very busy this weekend. Uh, and survive, mainly, because I also have a marathon next weekend, and so somehow I have to get through this weekend healthy so that I can survive my marathon next weekend, and that'll be fun. Um,
0: Please don't die.
1: Yeah, I'll try not to. Um, Yeah, we don't have a lot more going on. Why
0: don't you explain what our plan is for this podcast, because obviously we're not recording another hour and a half tonight. No, so... I'm going to bed.
1: Yeah, that would not be a thing that we (laughs) would want to do tonight anyway. We want to get... We want to get our beauty sleep tonight because we need it for the rest of the weekend. I especially need it for the rest of the weekend. But um, essentially, you know, whenever we get a chance to record for a few minutes, we're going to do so. Talk about what we have planned next, what we're, what we have done, where plans diverged from, or you know, where plan failed, plans <laughs> failed, and uh, what actually happened. No plan happened.
0: survives war.
1: Yes, uh, or what was this? Uh, no, no plan survives contact with the enemy. Yes, yeah, so. Um, we are, tonight, there's not a whole lot we did, we grabbed our badges, it went, it has gotten so much smoother (coughs) over the last several years than it was before, like, it was a nightmare several years ago. We used to have to wait
0: three hours for our badge, now it literally takes 15 minutes. We got through the badge line faster than my parents got through the Dragon Con store line.
1: Yeah. It was pretty great. Um, and we're repping our four-year-old, uh, lanyards, Dragon Con 2012 lanyards, lanyards, uh, which is the first year we came together. Uh, so, um... Tomorrow morning, we're going to go to the Daredevil panel, like you mentioned. That's
0: the plan. Uh, Then vendor's room for us. Uh, Whether you join us or not depends on your crazy schedule.
1: Yeah. Um, And then I'll probably... I'll have to head out at 1230, have to go by the office for a bit, then bachelor party stuff, then hopefully back for sleep, and then early Saturday, and then gone again. Woo. So, uh, it'll be fun. Uh, Next time we check in will probably be Saturday morning uh, to Saturday afternoon, Maybe we can push it to Saturday afternoon, that way we can talk about...
0: Maybe Saturday lunch.
1: Yeah, maybe Saturday lunchtime. Because we always
0: eat lunch in our room with a lovely supply of food that my parents provide us.
1: Yes. Um, so yeah, we're uh, pretty excited. Lots to do.
0: sponsored by... Mandy's conference. parents. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: um, so that is... Uh, that is basically all we've got this time. So uh, we should chime in. Uh, we'll chime in and which should be about a day and a half, I guess, yeah. and uh, hopefully have a lot of content and, and fun stories have to share. died. Yes. Oh, 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 I forgot. Very important thing I am actually looking forward to at convention is getting Nintendo 3DS Street Passes, all the Street Passes. Uh, you know, anybody who has a Nintendo 3DS knows how addicting those things are. They're very fun, and there's no better time than a convention. I, I, I mean, I have had over the course of several years, I've gotten... Like fifteen hundred street passes, and I'm pretty sure thirteen hundred of them have happened at Dragon Con. That's, so, I, I think I've witnessed those street I'm passes. I'm pretty so. sure she has. Yeah,
0: uh, and I think Caitlin has plans for getting exotic Pokemon that they don't have in Ohio. Pokemon uh, Go. Yeah, I have none of these plans because uh, I neither have a 3DS nor very good cell reception. So, Mandy uh, is
2: going to be our seeing eye human, except when sure I'm the in the Nova us, costume. The two of us <laughs> attached to our uh, electronic devices will be guided. Fall into any. Yes. That, that
0: is important. Holes. I will make sure you guys don't fall into any open holes as long as when I'm in my Nova costume, you make sure I don't fall into any open holes because sight is limited in the hallway. You hear that,
1: Caitlin? Her, when I'm not around, her health and she's in the Nova costume, it's all on you.
0: Don't you, make you me and responsible
1: Mom. on my vacation. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying you can you can be okay with her dying under your watch. It's fine. I mean, I'm. I was like, you that can is make that decision. Not it's very just
0: good minion behavior, Caitlin. <laughs> and as your evil overlord, I disprove. All right, I can take a break from the Pokemon and make sure you don't die. But... I, I appreciate that. All
1: right. Well, uh, that's it for tonight. We're gonna get our beauty rest, uh, and we'll check in in a bit. Later. Bye. And we're back. So uh, we're actually recording our second round earlier than we thought we would. Uh, It is just a few hours after, basically about 12 hours after uh, the last time we were recording. So it's Friday morning right now.
0: Uh, Friday noon.
1: Yeah, about to be Friday noon. We are back in the hotel room eating. Yeah, definitely morning by Dragon Con standards, (laughs) for sure.
0: We are eating lunch.
1: Yes, we're eating lunch, and uh, we also realized this morning that there were several things we forgot to say yesterday that we should have, because we were so excited about Dragon Con, Yay, and Dragon Con. recording a podcast in person. Um, so, uh, before we start talking about how how well uh, Dragon Con has started off, and what the beginning of our Dragon Con has really looked like, uh, we should probably talk a little bit about what Dragon Con actually is, a bit more, other than the very basic mm. thing that Mandy said, which was, it's like 50 cons in one. So, uh, which is true. So, to get... Back uh, back into that uh, a little bit more. Um, DragonCon has a lot of stuff that happens at it um, that is oh.
0: surprisingly not about dragons.
1: Yes, very very little. I mean, there is like basically a dragon track. Um, the, well,
0: there's the, there used to be. I think there still is an Anne McCaffrey track, okay. and I think that's about as close to a dragon track as we have.
1: So so to step back a little bit, a lot of the time people will be like, "Oh, is DragonCon like Comic Con?" And the answer is yes, but also no, <laughs> um, in that. There are lots of comic book fans here. There are lots of comic book show things here. There are lots of things related to that. But Dragon Con covers so much more. There's there's gaming, and by that I mean video games, tabletop gaming, stuff like that. I there's... think that you
0: can buy a separate gaming pass and not go to the rest of the.
1: Yeah, you absolutely can. You can do that and just go to the giant gaming room and just play board games with people in the all weekend. Of the
0: Hilton. Or maybe it moved.
1: Um, and uh, but to get an idea of just like Dragon Con covers. Fans, all kinds of nerdy fandom things. There's, there's a uh, like we said, comic book stuff, and of course with the you know huge surge in movies and and TV shows, the kinds of stuff that we talk about on the podcast. Pretty much anything we would talk about on the podcast, there is someone here who is an absolute like. There are large groups of people who are absolute fanatics about it here at Dragon Con. Um, one of the cool things about Dragon Con though is that you end up getting industry people at the con to talk about panels and at these panels you might have people involved in the creation of a thing or uh, including actors and actresses, or authors themselves, and they become accessible to fans. Like fans can ask them questions and things like that. And like the
0: Matt Fraction panel we went to last year.
1: Yes, exactly. So um, lots of really cool stuff like that. They also have a, they have a vendor room where people who make cool things can sell things to you. Uh, they have a, they have various organized signings where you can go to like large rooms where a whole bunch of celebrities are, and you can get things signed by them whenever they're there. Um, they have.
0: The Walk of Fame, they call it. Yes,
1: the Walk of Fame, that's right. Uh, There's just so much that's going on around the clock. Um, You know, you can go to to panels that are run exclusively by fans who just want to talk about a given thing.
0: There's a whole track that's just cosplay and, like, making new cool things.
1: Yeah, so it's basically (laughs) an excuse for tons and tons of fans to get together. And to give you an idea, like, Dragon Con is one of the biggest cons in North America, uh, certainly the biggest in the South it is bigger than Megacon right
0: I'm not sure I, f-
1: I feel like it's bigger than Megacon but it might not be but it's like DragonCon brings in somewhere, somewhere around 60,000 people and that's um, not
0: even including the the parade which you can sit for without being a badge member right which is now this year actually going to be broadcast on CW Atlanta
1: really mm-hmm. I did not know that
0: so you don't even have to be at DragonCon you can watch it from the comfort of your home if you're in Atlanta
1: Right, um, so yeah, Dragon Con's really big. Uh, it's one of several gigantic things that are happening in Atlanta over the course of uh, Labor Day weekend. Too
0: many things.
1: Too many things. Traffic is terrible. If you can help it, don't drive in in or around the Atlanta area. Uh, I mean, you've got you've got various gigantic football games happening at the same time. What you have is football. <laughs> uh, That's not true. Football, I know what football is, is this <laughs> uh, is this. Ga- it's it's a little bit like Quidditch, but. But without brooms... And not in the air. And not in the air, and and with an oblong ball.
0: inexplicably, people who are going to the football game always end up in the Dragon Con hotels, and they always end up confused. Mm Mm-hmm. Every year. You see people wearing shirts for teams, looking at people cosplaying, and being like... Very confused. Very confused. Yeah. And we're like, well, you're just cosplaying for your team, so, you know, what else? Yeah,
1: exactly. So, going beyond that... um, yeah, I mean, the, the kinds of things that people do here, there's a, oh, there's also, a, there are balls, and by that I mean, like, the kind of ball that Cinderella would go to, except, well, and I suppose well, you might find Cinderella at them.
0: There's every kind of ball <laughs> here, right? There's your rave, if that's what you are about. But they
1: call most of them balls, don't some they? Of,
0: yes, I think most of them are called balls. Some of them are family friendly, some of them are not. We prefer some this. Some are really, really not. Some are really, really not. We prefer the steampunk ball on Sunday night because cool costumes and family friendly and we're family friendly kind of people. Yes. Uh, We have gone to non-family friendly ones before and it was not friendly. Yes. For families. For families or me. (laughs) I was wearing my Nova costume. It was the heroes and villains ball and people kept calling me Judge Dredd. I was like.
1: That is not cool.
0: You don't know what's up.
1: No. Um, There was a really cool costume uh, set uh, that we went to the steampunk ball a few years ago. And there's a really cool set of steampunk Green Lanterns that is still one of my favorite things that I've seen. It was like five of them, and they were all steampunk Green Lanterns, which is just really, really cool. Um, there was also a steampunk Luke and Leia at that uh, at that one, which is very it's cool. It's always well. great,
0: because it's steampunk, but there's just so many people, and t- taking steampunk in different ways.
1: Exactly. Um, so Dragon Con really doesn't stop. Like, you have a... Because it covers so many different things, you have... It's very well organized. They have a, a several different tracks of things you can do. So there's like, there's a Marvel track and a DC track, and those are separate, right?
0: Oh no, I don't think there is. Is there's it just a superhero comic track?
1: Book oh really? Okay.
0: Um, there's alternate history, alternate hit. There, there's there, there's not like a Marvel track. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's just the comics track. But um, it's so, so Marvelly. But heavy. if a if a person from like say a Marvel movie or Daredevil came, they wouldn't be in the comics track. They would be so popular, they would be in main program. Right. Like, I'm pretty sure Charlie Cox this morning was in main programming. Right. Because... At a certain level, you get too popular to be part of a little track.
1: Right. And so then you have the fantasy track, and you have the sci-fi track, you have the science track, where people will actually talk about science Which things. I never go
0: to, because that's my everyday life, and I'm yeah. not here for every day.
1: And, <laughs> yeah, those of us, I mean, I I don't have a hard time finding people to talk about There's science stuff with. There's a
0: skeptics track for if you're into, like, ghosts and stuff, which I feel like is the opposite of skeptics. I'm always confused about the naming, because the yeah. skeptics track is for people who believe in ghosts, not people who are skeptical of ghosts, which right. confuses me.
1: It's it's very interesting. Um, <laughs>
0: Uh, My parents live in the truck track this weekend. No.
1: Yeah, there, there's a whole bunch of other, a lot of different tracks like that. And basically, if you want to, you could stick to a single track. We've definitely never even remotely done that. No. It's kind of a oh, this is interesting. I'm gonna go to that.
0: I think one year we stalked Matt Fraction, and that's the closest it gets.
1: Yeah, it was it, basically if there was a Matt Fraction track, we would have been on that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, um, yeah. I mean, so some of our favorite things we've done in the past. Um, you know, we already. That fraction, clearly. Uh, there was a really great uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick panel that we went to at one point that we got like front row of. Um, Kelly Sue is pretty much always a good time. Yeah, Kelly Sue is, is fantastic. Uh, I got, two years ago, I got a picture, uh, I got a picture, a posed picture, and then a signed poster with uh, Jason David Frank, also known as Tommy the Green slash White slash Red slash Black Ranger. <laughs> um, so that that's uh, <coughs> really a, a you know, it was really fun for me. Um. I think
0: the most, most memorable thing I've ever done was my very first DragonCon. Uh, I simultaneously waited in two lines for author signings, which is very complicated, but it worked. Uh, I was waiting for the Anne McCaffrey signing, which was a five-hour line. I was person number eleven. Technically, you're not supposed to wait that long, but it was Anne McCaffrey, and uh, there was a Tam- Tamara Pierce signing uh, taking place the hour and a half after it. So I thought it would be fine and um, that I'd be able to get Anne McCaffrey and then get in that line, but that line ended up being really long, so what I did is I went and got a place in that line, had the person save my spot in the Anne McCaffrey line, made friends of the people around me in the Tamara Pierce line, then gave them my books, went back in the Anne McCaffrey line, got my stuff signed by Anne McCaffrey, then got back in the Tamara Pierce line, got my stuff signed by Tamara Pierce. It was crazy. I don't recommend it. As
1: someone who does not have a compulsion to get everything signed, like Mandy... I'm, I'm pretty comfortable. I, I don't know that I've ever gotten a book signed at DragonCon. That is
0: not true. I literally have a picture of you getting a book signed by Jim Butcher.
1: Did I get it signed? Yes. What do I have signed by him?
0: I don't know, but we... No, I think I picture. just stood with
1: you in line. I don't think I own any of his paper oh, books.
0: Were you talking to him then?
1: Yeah, I spoke to him because ah. I stood with you in line. but I, And I totally would have happily gotten it signed by him, but... But um, I believe that I have all of his stuff in audiobook. It's like the only series I've gone through in audiobook because like that, that was like the dark years when I was in Florida, um, and uh, and he uh, he I, and that's when I caught up. Like Florida
0: is not that bad.
1: Uh, Tallahassee is pretty bad, and in the space of about three. We
0: apologize to Tallahassee listeners.
1: You apologize to Tallahassee <laughs> listeners. I'm fine. <laughs> they can. They will probably agree with me, frankly. But the. Uh, I'm skeptical. But the long drive that I would frequently make back home to Atlanta is roughly when I discovered that audiobooks were a thing I could tolerate sometimes, and I got through, like, 13 Dresden Files books in the space of about two months of audiobooks. You Caitlin, know, I'm going to need so. some peanut
0: butter m and uh, Oh, speaking of Caitlin, I would like to make a comment that... Yesterday I made a comment about Caitlin being my minion. I, I just want to briefly explain so people don't think I have, like... Of minions or abusing friends or She's
1: something. trying to deflect right now.
0: <laughs> She's
1: trying to throw you off of her. See, <laughs> the real situation descent.
0: here is that as someone who is Slytherin by nature, I have many lovely Hufflepuff friends, uh, such true. as Michael and yes. Caitlin. Uh, and so, I'm a proud Hufflepuff. Yes, and everyone knows Hufflepuffs make the best friends, and if you're a Slytherin, you should not surround yourself by Slytherins. You should surround yourself by Hufflepuffs, because a Slytherin is going to try to take you down, whereas Hufflepuffs support you and make great minions, and that is why I call Caitlyn a minion.
2: Uh, I'm fulfilling my Hufflepuff duties right now by providing food
0: to these two.
1: Yes, she's being very, very kind.
0: Dressed as a Black Widow.
1: Yes, um, which we will get to in a second. <laughs> um but other really fun things, uh, oh, a really big thing that happens, um, you know, Mandy mentioned it, the parade. We haven't gone in a few years because we've gone several times. Yes. And after a while, it just get. It, so it's the parade is huge year. and it's great every year and I highly recommend it if you haven't been to it or even if you've only been to it once, like, you should probably see it a few times. Once you've seen it several times, though, the amount of commitment it takes to get a good spot... Can be daunting, not like and it's not necessarily worth the the rest that you can get, or the fact that you can get to other things. You can line up at the uh, vendor room. So
0: the vendor room is very empty during the parade. Yeah. I recommend it.
1: So, uh, and so between all the people who are at the parade and all the people who are hungover it, uh, Saturday morning, you can get other things done pretty easily, and which is you know really valuable. Um, Truth. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of. Highlights about past stuff we've done. So today, um, Caitlin is dressed as Black Widow, as uh, Mandy mentioned. And Mandy is dressed as... Loki. Yep.
0: Everyone's favorite god of mischief. If, I'm you, trying know, to... if you know fan fiction, we're doing Black Frost. <laughs> With less kissing.
2: With less kissing. <laughs> A little <laughs> bit For <less>. now. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and this morning, we went to the Charlie Cox panel, which uh, Car- Charlie Cox is Daredevil. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt and Murdoch. Matt Murdoch. Uh, on the Netflix series, and he, I did not realize that he was English <laughs> until, I, which I should have because I've seen Stardust.
0: Well, he could have been American playing an English accent. He could have, but that yeah, happens last second. Because Claire less, Danes is American, right? It's true. And she was, isn't Robert De Niro, well no, did Robert De Niro have an American accent in that
1: movie? I feel like he didn't put on an accent. I don't remember. It's been I don't a while. Remember. But anyways, uh, he, uh, he was very funny. He was very engaging. He rambles <laughs> a lot, uh, yes, which does. is great. Yes, he does. I
0: think he only answered like six questions.
1: But, uh, but it was very entertaining, and I'm glad, because some of the people who asked him questions didn't... I feel like didn't give him the best questions to work with, but no. he made them interesting anyways. Uh, that is another thing. Too many people... I understand the enthusiasm. I'm a huge fan. I, I understand thinking that you have a great question, but, but so many people who stand up to ask questions don't have good ones. And right, it's, if you're going to ask sometimes. a question
0: of a big star, things not to do. Don't ramble. Know what your question is in advance, and... Don't, like, ask them questions about things you know they can't answer. Yeah. Don't ask them about the next Marvel movie. Don't ask them about the next season. They don't know.
1: If they are allowed to tell you, they will tell you without prompting. Like, that. that is a... They will have the go-ahead from the studio that, hey, we want you to leak this detail, and they will find an opportunity to do it regardless. You know, like, like they're not... These things are gigantic businesses. It's not a... Also, the
0: microphone is not your time to personally thank them for how they affected your life. That's what the Walk of Fame is for.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then you can have like a... You can actually have a moment with them too because they're focused on you specifically. So you actually get a better moment at the Walk of Fame too. So if you're going to ask a question, try to make it funny. Hopefully something that other people wouldn't ask that you can't think of somebody else thinking to ask. You know... It just would make a it, it makes it better for everybody involved other Which fans wasn't for you to say all mm-hmm. the
0: questions were bad no me.
1: no 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 not at all not, not at all it's just that we had so few that a couple of them were kind of wastes uh, yeah. and also to commend Charlie Cox on handling those questions really well because he kind of went off the beaten path found something interesting to say that didn't really address the question and then went back to to the next person so um, so good for him uh, and he was yeah he was very fun great uh, I'm even though
0: we sat in the very back of the room, so we didn't actually get to see him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we got to see the back row projector of him. Talk um,
0: about oh, the room. Oh. Uh, so, yes, the rooms. That's a good point, Caitlin. Thank you. Um, so, basically, these a lot of the rooms are these huge... The ones you're going to see a big star in, like Matt Murdock. Oh, sorry. That's not his real name. Charlie Cox. Charlie um, <laughs> Cox is basically a ballroom. Um, and they fill it with chairs. So they have a stage at the front and, uh, the rest is just like full of chairs, but they'll have screens in the big ballrooms. So if you're sitting in the back, you can see, and then of course they have speakers so you can hear. Um, the one we were in was a little interesting. Uh, it's Hyatt Centennial Ballroom because, I, uh, I think originally the plan had been to keep one blocked off. Um, and the uh, basically, it's a room that can be divided into three subrooms, Hyatt Hi- Centennial 1, 2, and 3. And originally, the Charlie Cox panel was only supposed to be in 2 and 3.
1: I think they quickly realized that's not doable.
0: Right, and you could tell that that, that was the original plan because there was totally like a, a, a panel stage between us and the front of the ballroom that was empty. Um, <coughs> but, yeah, the, it was completely full. And this was the uh, 10 a.m. panel. So you could uh, get there early and sit, because there's not really a previous panel. I mean, there's a late show. The Dragon Con late show, which is at nine in the morning. Uh, and uh, that, they don't make you actually get out of the ballroom between it and the next thing, because they know the yeah. people are only there to see the next thing and not actually see them, and they'd rather have a crowd. Because anybody
1: who's actually watching the late show is just watching it on closed-circuit TV in their hotel room.
0: Right. Uh, so usually, they make, you, they make the room completely empty before the next panel, so that you can't just sit in the same panel room all day like Hall H in uh, San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you always got to know what you want to wait for. But, uh, yeah, so we were in the back, (laughs) Uh, sitting in a couple seats on the edge, Um, but it was still very enjoyable. It's good to be in the room, feel the energy of the room, as opposed to just watching it on your TV, which is possible. Which you is doable, and race. if
1: you're really tired, I would recommend doing that for a panel that you definitely want to see, but maybe isn't one of your very favorite people. Use that opportunity to rest because it is very valuable. And this, I'm Dragon Con's the only gigantic con like this I've been to. I mean, I guess in high school and early college, I went to Anime Weekend Atlanta as well, which is also a big con, but. Is it? No, it's a big con. It's I mean it, it was like a 20,000 person con, but not a 60,000 person con. And
0: that's not MomoCon.
1: No, MomoCon started while we were right. in college at Georgia Tech and At Georgia Tech. At Georgia Tech. Yeah. The first time I went the first year. That's the only year I've gone and it was I think like maybe 1,000 people tops. Um, and they were all college kids. So yeah, we uh, so Anime Week in Atlanta was kind of was actually my first con and then like 2 weeks later or a week later because it came before Dragon Con that year. Uh, I went to Dragon Con. So
0: so back to Friday at Dragoncon. So oh, yeah. Friday is the first day. And the ten a m. panel on Friday used to be even a couple of years ago, even if it was a big star, it'd be pretty empty. It's not anymore. Dragoncon is more popular, and more crowded, and more people are realizing to come in Thursday morning. And when we left the Daredevil panel, it was already super crowded and bottlenecked just to get off the level because unfortunately, the exit to the outside and the escalators are on the same side. Yeah of that floor which makes for a huge slowdown and bottleneck so which I'm sure is
1: not a consideration pretty much any other time of the year but at Dragon Con it's sort of a nightmare it um, is we've learned that in the last few several years anytime you can do traversal outdoors do it, do it even if it's hot because the the mugginess and the claustrophobia that comes up from just being stuck, like having to shuffle around people is not worth it. Even if it's hot
0: and especially if it's rainy. If it is rainy, go outside. You do not want to be stuck in the hotel with all of these wet sardined
1: people. Basically find the most direct and shortest path of being indoors to get where you want to go and otherwise stick outdoors. It's just way more pleasant that way for you, even if it doesn't seem intuitive that that way. Um, But I'm assuming that all of this stuff that we're talking about translates to other giant cons, like like San Diego Comic-Con and and MegaCon and so on. Um, I
0: don't know how many other cons have so many different venues.
1: Yeah, that's true. They did even announce that. They moved up to seven hotels this year that they have- Well, uh, no, it's not
0: seven hotels. It's five hotels. at seven buildings. I don't know what the seventh one is. I know the sixth one's the America's Mart. I have no idea what the seventh one is.
1: Yeah. But they said that they've announced the seventh building. Sorry, it's still it, you're right. It is still five hotels, uh, which just means hopefully that doesn't mean they have that many more panels, but it's spreading it out a little bit um, because that would be nice. Uh, I, I feel like they could use, even if they have some rooms that they could do things in, not having every single room doing things concurrently could help with lines I think a lot. they're
0: putting some of the panels in the America's Mart because I was looking at something and it said where it was was Mart 2.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I can only assume that means America. Maybe it means America's Mart 1 and 2. Maybe. Maybe that's the... So we have both built. Uh,
1: Interesting things, too, is uh, the guy... uh, The guy who is prepping for Charlie Cox's panel uh, is one of the actual few employees of DragonCon who works for them year-round, and he was mentioning to us some of the organization process, and he officially, you know, he... He kind of did the wink wink nudge nudge thing or is other, you know, officially you're not supposed to line up before anything more than an hour before anything and I'm sticking to that story but with the knowledge that nobody's going to stick to that because that's impossible. Um,
0: well, I think unofficially the line starts as soon as the previous line is in the room. Right. Yeah, uh, even more unofficially the line mills about before that line can form. It's just they can't form the line till the other line is in the room cuz there's literally no place for the line to be.
1: I feel like if there's one area for Dragon Con to really spend a bunch of effort doing I- I do believe there is a logistic solution to that. Like, there is a logistical solution to to improve the lines heavily. Um, You could have signs for like line for next panel, line for following panel has to. You know, you could probably have like taped lines like they do for registration
0: to say like you know stay on this line. It's it's the problem of the areas. I mean, if you look at the Marriott Atrium Ballroom, there's not room for another line there. Uh, Fire codes, man, they're important.
1: Well, and you could. The thing is, though, if you do, even if it's in, can, allows a few fewer people to be in lines. If you made clearly mm. designated areas that had kind of a, like a, you know, an amusement park style, um, like what I'm trying to think. Well, the, the atrium ballroom going.
0: already has that, and they call it a queue.
1: Yeah. So if you have something like that set up, then you and you isolate it entirely from the areas where the crowds actually have to walk by then you can make it very clear that if you are on this side of X line, you are not in a line, you are not getting into a panel. Well, and, the Marriott you
0: know. Atrium ballroom already has that. The problem is that ballroom can hold 3,000 people. So you can't... It, right. You already have a line of 3,000 waiting for one thing. You can't have another line of 3,000 starting to form. Right. And,
1: yeah. It's a nightmare. It is a nightmare. Um, I wonder... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Some, maybe at some point, because right now they have... but the The app that they currently use is not a good model. Like the, their their app that they use for scheduling could be much better than it is. Um, and e- that's even aside from the social element where we sit there and try to add each other as friends to be able to look at each other's ske- schedules.
0: Maybe Andy one is day. the Only one with a schedule.
1: Yeah, it's true. We are very unprepared this year, all <laughs> of us. Uh, very, very much less prepared than we have been in past years. Um, I mean, I for a while wasn't even sure I'd be able to come. Um, I'm to very be glad fair, though,
0: we've been to this con so many times that...
1: We've learned that winging it is basically how you end up doing it, even if you have a schedule. Truth. Uh, but a big thing is, maybe in another ten years, when, you know, smartphones and all that stuff are more ubiquitous than they already are, and more reliable than they are right now, then maybe they'll be able to do some kind of electronic solution, where it's like, hey, you can queue up for... Uh, they can open, like, an online pre-registration to... Like you're guaranteed a spot in line, if not an order That'd be in line, insanity. it would be. But it might be better than what we have now. But like even that wouldn't open up until several hour, like a couple of hours before, and you start doing that, and then you just have to show it, or there's a scan or whatever that I just that lets don't you know.
2: Logistically, that would, that would that would also require Wi-Fi.
1: Well, and that's why I'm saying <laughs> a few more, because you think about uh, we we made the comment even uh, yesterday where when we were waiting for uh, your parent for Mandy's parents to get out of the. Um, store line, where it's like, wow, the Wi-Fi in this hotel is actually working, and it's just, technology gets more reliable, you know, there are a lot of things that, the Wi-Fi does get more reliable with time, and so maybe right now, in another 10 I years. I barely
0: have access to the internet at all. <laughs> right. I should have, print- this is the only year where I didn't actually print out my schedule in Excel, where I was like, no, I'm going to rely on the app. Bad decision, don't rely on the app.
1: <laughs> well, and on the flip side, my phone, like my cell service, has been working pretty reliably Reliably, not. pretty much no matter where we want, except for when we went to get grab dinner last night. This
0: is why I friended Michael on the app so that he could see my schedule. Yes, because <laughs> I don't know where we're going. Not that we're going to obey the schedule, because
1: yeah, and I'm also not going to be here for like more than half the con, unfortunately. Mm. But um, so, on that note, I guess we don't. We we're just rambling at this point. We don't have a lot more to say today. Um, what do you have ahead for the rest of the day?
0: We're gonna go to the vendors' room and the Walk of Fame. Um, there's a Jim Butcher panel late tonight that we may go to but it's Jim Butcher and Todd McCaffrey and my feelings on Todd McCaffrey are mixed. Mixed is a nice way to put it. Mixed uh, at best? <laughs> mixed at best. Okay. Um, but I love Jim Butcher and I love Jim Butcher panels because uh, he's pretty, Jim Butcher is very funny. He's very funny. He's very good at the panel thing. Um,
1: he understands so, that these are his people, and he is one of them, and he knows what they want to hear. Uh,
0: one of the other things that I'm weirdly excited for this weekend, and we'll see if I can get to it, uh, that I forgot to mention yesterday, is the Kim Possible reunion panel. <gasps> uh, with... Um, oh, I can see her. With with Kim, the voice of Kim and the voice of Ron, Will Friedel. They're both here. I kind of really want to go to that panel. Um, so, Do you think...
1: Uh, okay, so... Some fan who asks a question needs to ask about their relationship. We need to hear about drama. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> we need to. Uh,
1: this is, I'm very invested are, in this. These are the
0: kinds of things that you can get at Dragon Con. Things you wouldn't think would be a thing. The things that actually make, make Dragon
1: Con now. more appealing to me than I think San Diego Comic Con would be. Like, I think most of the stuff that. I appreciate would appreciate in San Diego Comic-Con. I appreciate when I see videos of it anyways versus yeah. this is like a different sort of atmosphere.
0: It is. What what was it Kelly Sue DeConnick said at San, at San Diego Comic-Con, you say news at Dragon Con, you tell secrets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's so. pretty great. Yeah, but I guess um, that's we've recorded for like 30 minutes, we should probably.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm gone for the rest of the day unfortunately, but Boom. I will be back Late tonight so that we can get an early start tomorrow morning and hopefully, uh, record in the afternoon before I leave tomorrow. Yay! All right. Peace, everybody. Bye. And we're back. It is day three of Dragon Con. It's Saturday afternoon. We are having lunch in the hotel room again. Because
0: that's what we do.
1: Because that's what we do. I am high on sleep deprivation and caffeine. Um, got in at 3 o'clock last night and then tried to wake up somewhere around 8 o'clock with the rest of you and didn't.
0: Shockingly, I got 10 hours of sleep last night.
1: 10 hours of, from what I understand, not very good sleep, but 10 hours nonetheless.
0: Yes. It's 10 really hours cool. of being in bed.
1: Cool. Um, so, uh, I guess we can start off with me asking you what you what you did all of yesterday because I wasn't around Educators. and Okay, there's one easy answer. Yes.
0: We stalked Charlie Cox.
1: Ooh. Tell me more.
0: Okay. So, sorry, there's, like, sandwich in my mouth. How dare you? Mm. We uh, we didn't just stark stock Charlie Cox yesterday, but, as you know, Michael, we went to the 10 a.m. panel, which we talked about yesterday already, mm-hmm. and then we came in here and ate lunch, which we talked about. Then we went to the vendor's room, uh, which actually, you know, I've spent a lot of money, because that happens. Because
1: that's what Dragon uh, Con vendor rooms are for.
0: Yeah, so I bought a wooden um, Loki staff. Mm. Uh, I can show it to you. I don't think we've shown it to you yet. Um, because I didn't have one, I was dressed as Loki, and it's light, and not something that, uh, looks like a weapon, since it's... And what
1: movie. kind of cosplayer would you be if you didn't come away from Dragon Con with extra props?
0: Right! And then I also bought a Hawkeye mask. <coughs> Hawkeye slash Huntress, it could be used for either, because it's purple with, like, the winged, uh, it's leather.
1: Purple sharp mask.
0: Yes. So we spent, I had to buy it, because Caitlin and I spent, like, all of last con looking, a Hawkeye mask because I had made a Hawkeye mask and then left it at home. So mm. when I saw it, I was like, "I must own this." Um, and uh, yeah, there are three floors to the vendors' room this year. Mm. Uh, and then they moved the art, the artist out, the pop artist alley to share the third floor of the vendors' room. Just FYI. Um, so do you but, think that
1: works better or worse? no? I think it was awful. Okay. Um,
0: not that the space wasn't good for it. Uh, the setup of the artists specifically was weird. Um, and, uh, that was my mom's cell phone. Uh, and so, uh, it, it was just really weird. Some of the, like, I, I, was, it's hard to describe. You'd have to see it, but they weren't really set up in neat rows that you could just go up and down. Uh, and that made things difficult. The artists, not the, the, the vendors aren't understand what's up. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth floor is actually panel rooms. So I don't know how we're supposed to access the fourth floor if we're just going to the America's Mart for the fourth floor and not the vendors, because uh, I would hope to God you don't get stuck in the vendor's room line.
1: That would be terrible. That would be
0: terrible. And there's like panels I want to go to that are on the fourth floor. Hmm. So we'll see how that goes later in the week. So, yeah, so after the vendor's room, we went to the Walk of Fame, uh, and uh, we got in Charlie Cox's line and stood there for like... An hour. Yeah.
1: That's not that bad no. considering Charlie Cox and how big he is right now.
0: Yeah, he took a 15 minute break in the middle of it, but you know, the man's got to go to the bathroom and rest his hands and, you know, not smile at people sometime. So we got his signature. I got his signature. Caitlin got his signature. Uh, we all shook his hand. During that time, my mom got like three signatures. That's not true, it was only two. Uh, but she got uh, Adam Baldwin and um, I don't know his name in real life, but Dr. Bashir from Deep Space Nine. Um, And then after that, uh, we were just kind of sitting on the Marriott thinking, like, what are we going to do next? You know, because the next the only thing we had later that night is we always eat mellow mushroom on Friday night of the convention. Um, And I was looking, I was like, oh, Jim Butcher is signing at five thirty. But I don't have my book. So and uh, I don't know. Were you with us last year for Jim? The Jim Butcher line debacle?
1: Huh. R- refresh my memory.
0: Okay, so no, for those of you who don't know... What? Uh, I'm
2: pretty sure you
0: will. Yeah, Jim Butcher is a writer who writes The Dresden Files. Uh, he's very popular.
1: He's very funny.
0: Last year, I had I had no intention to get anything signed by him because I have stuff signed by him. But I had bought the Dresden Files RPG book uh, for my now husband. Um, and uh, so I wanted to get it signed. We got there... Like, at the same time as Jim Butcher, which granted, you know, is just on time, not a little late. We were actually in the elevator with Jim Butcher. Um, He was staying in the Westin. Oops, sorry. And uh, we, uh, they cut the line. They wouldn't let us in the line, Uh, which was insane because Jim Butcher is a super fast uh, signer. He's
1: way faster than most people are. Yeah. Uh,
0: So what ended up happening is a ton of people gave their books to other people in the line, which made the line even longer. Uh, so we gave our books to people in line, but it was, uh, really frustrating. So this year I was like, no, we have to get there early. So I sent my mom and Caitlin to sit in the line while, uh, I, uh, went back to here, the West End, to get my book. Uh, and then, but we got through the line pretty fast, and while, we, but while we were sitting in line, I was like, oh, this is where the photo, op, photo ops are. Let me check and see if Charlie Cox is doing any photo ops. He was actually doing a photo op at five while we were there, but I was like, oh, we're in Jim Butcher's line. We can't. Mm-hmm. We can't do both. Um, but I bought us a ticket to do the photo op today at 2. So that's the next thing we have today. Um, so after we got the book, uh, it was an anthology that I have, Dangerous Women, signed by Jim Butcher. Um, we went to Mel Mushroom, had our usual Friday night dinner. Um, and then we kind of came back to the hotel room and watched a costume contest on DC TV. Excellent. So, uh
1: and then you turned in pretty early.
0: Yeah, we turned in early because there wasn't really anything interesting we wanted to do late last night, and we all know the weekend's going to be long, so, you know.
1: Cool. Um,
0: uh, and then this morning.
1: Yeah, so this morning I was able to, thankfully, you guys let me rest a little bit longer just to try and try and recover. Uh, I <coughs> just do not know how people do both the sleep deprivation and being hungover, uh, at Dragon Con, but I know some of them do it. Uh, that's kind of nuts to me. Um, the sleep deprivation alone is really rough. Oh, sorry, Although, the fact that I don't really drink that much caffeine means that the coffee I had this morning is really hitting home right now, and I'm feeling kind of a buzz throughout my body. Uh, I feel kind of like I'm the Flash, learning to vibrate through my uh, surroundings. Uh, It's pretty great. Pretty great feeling. Um, So anyways, I'm wide awake right now, but you guys went ahead and got in line for Charlie Cox's second panel. Once Um, again, stalking Charlie Cox. I was happy to join, so 100% of my panels and things at Dragon Con have been Charlie Cox, which is fine by me. Um, Yesterday, we mentioned that some of the questions were pretty disappointing uh, from people, but that he was still really funny and rambly and made good responses out of the questions he was given. We only had one repeat question today. We've got through a lot more, and pretty much all the questions were really good. So um, the moderator, the moderator yesterday was good, but the moderator today actually like set ground rules early that helped sort of set the tone and stop people from asking multi-part questions. Well, most people. There was there were a couple who. Probably didn't realize they were asking multi-part questions when they phrased them, but uh, it it was really good. Uh, Charlie himself also realized that a lot of his fans would go to both panels, so any of the things that were rehashes, he tried to tread over pretty quickly uh, and just got to the funny bits quickly rather than building up the suspense and storytelling the way he did yesterday. So it was really, really good. Lots of new information. Really a a pretty awesome experience to To see him talk. I took a picture and sent it to a friend who was totally jealous. um, (laughs) Because you guys got pretty good seats. And I managed to get in there. And
0: We were in the seventh row. Yeah. Which is a lot closer than we were yesterday.
1: Yes. Yeah, we were... I don't know how how many rows, probably like 50, 60 rows yesterday back. Yesterday we were early. in the
0: back third of the room, so. So I, I
1: don't know how many rows, I, like 50, 60 is probably an underestimate for how many rows back we were uh, yesterday. So seventh row, turns out though, I had friends sitting in the panel who were in the third row, uh, so they uh, said hey to them, and then. Um,
0: I guess we yeah. should say something about uh, the parade, was at 10.
1: Oh yeah, which the we parade. we didn't go
0: to, but uh, my mom also had a panel at 11.30, our panel was 11.30. And I was on the second And we knew that uh, the parade was going to make it very hard to get there because the parade bisects the street, the Weston, and it separates the Weston and the Hyatt from each other. Yeah. And my mom's panel was in the Hyatt. Our panel was in the Marriott. So we could have gotten to the Marriott regardless. We could have gone all the way around. Right. But we were like, we have to get mom to the Hyatt because the Hyatt's going to become like an island surrounded by the parade. So we left at 930 uh, to beat the parade. Uh, so my mom was like the first person there for her last ship panel. Uh, and uh, it was just an Adam Baldwin panel because there's no one else here from the last ship Uh, and uh, she got to sit in the second row so she enjoyed that and then we went and uh, so when she got there they were like there's no line for the last ship and the the volunteer was like why would you want to be here two hours early and wait two hours for this (laughs) panel and we were like you don't understand what the parade is like and how hard it is to get places during the parade. I mean, normally you can't sit two hours before a panel. Um, but both our panel and my mom's panel had no one in the um, uh, the ten o'clock. There was no one sitting in there for ten o'clock. There was no panel. Uh, so after that, we went to Daredevil, and they had already started the line. They knew there was a line. Uh, yes. And it was outside. They weren't. They're not letting anyone wait inside for the atrium anymore, which is probably a lot better for um, for congestion traffic. inside. Yes, and and therefore safety. Yeah. So Michael met us later because he was sleeping, and you had to fight like the for reals. Yeah, like the real
1: parade was actually running at the time, and so I did end up having to go around the entire thing and get into the Marriott. And I ran into a couple of other other people who were also doing it and helped them find it, and we got it got it figured out. Um, But and by the time I went uh, got there, the line was actually not a line anymore. Uh, It was just the room was slowly filling in, and I, and I still got there like 35 minutes before the panel started, so... Yeah,
0: the room wasn't full, but all of that is because of the parade.
1: Yeah. Um, so it was good, uh, and again, Charlie Cox was great, uh, I'm glad that, because I'm not gonna be here at all tomorrow until pretty late, so I'm, I'm really glad that this is Charlie's second and last panel, because that means I'm not missing one, um... And it also means that I don't have to necessarily feel obligated to, because I would probably prioritize his third panel over another one if he had one on Monday, um, <coughs> but this means that I don't have to do that. We can do whatever so.
0: we want on Monday morning.
1: Exactly. Um, so, tonight, um, I guess after this, what are you looking forward to next?
0: We're going to get our picture with Charlie Cox after this, that's our uh, next exact thing. Um, I mean, it is one
1: twelve right now, and your appointment's at two. So yeah, we'll as soon, as we, as, soon as we stop recording, as soon as we
0: stop recording, so we'll be going back to the uh, Marriott for that. The irony as we were just in the Marriott, but uh, yeah, um, so I, uh, I, I don't think there's there's other stuff today. I'd have to look at the schedule. Oh, we're going to a history of Star Trek fan fiction panel this evening. We're pretty excited about that. Uh, give, being given by someone who I think is a university professor or graduate student um, uh, who seems like they studied this, which is interesting because Star Trek fan fiction is like, you know, the godmother of fan fiction. Yes, yes. Star Trek fan fiction like created fan fiction.
1: I had no idea actually, oh. which makes sense considering the age of Star Trek. In hindsight, I've just never thought about this but before. Yeah, it's,
0: it's the
2: godmother of modern fan fiction. Fan fiction really has existed as long well as literature has existed
0: because it's mash-up. As long as anybody
1: could write something that other people could read. Yep. Yeah. You know?
0: yeah, but the, the, the history of modern fan fiction starts with Star Trek, and the history of slash fiction starts with Kirk Spock. So, uh, Which makes total sense. And every weird fanfic trope that exists exists because of Star Trek, and half of it is not even fanfiction tropes that were created by the fanfiction community, but rather that the 1960s show was in fact that trippy yes yes it was because uh, you can have nazis in the you know future somehow who knows um but uh <coughs> what we do between charlie cox and then will probably depend on when we get out and there's a variety of panels i have marked but we'll see um and then uh tomorrow's the kim possible reunion and uh i gotta go to a brandon sanderson signing and uh everything else in between is negotiable
1: are there uh, any parties on your radar for tonight?
0: Not for tonight. Um, we may go to one. The Avengers Ball might be tonight, so we'll see. But uh, the only party we definitely go to every year is the Steampunk Masquerade.
1: Oh, and uh, it'd and be, remiss, be remiss. Be uh, remiss, since you mentioned the Avengers Ball, be remiss to not mention what you two are wearing today. Um, you are dressed up as Nova.
0: Yes, yeah, specifically the Sam Alexander Nova, um, and uh, Caitlin is Ray. And Ray
1: being from Star Wars. I'm, yes. Because there are, uh, if you're listening, there are many, many, many characters across many different series named Ray spe- with different, mes- various
0: spellings, so. Caitlin, that's my phone alarm. Can you, uh, turn it off? Thank you. Um, and my mom is dressed as a, uh, random blue, uh, uh, Star Trek original series person.
1: Cool. Um. On the flip side, just a a, a minor non-DragonCon related thing that I did get to do yesterday that was fun. Uh, My office is awesome and we did a summer long book club that I was one of the people who kind of got to help get (laughs) get rolling and stuff. And um, my office sponsors a really big, uh, uh, the Decatur Book Festival, which is a big book festival in Atlanta. Um, It's pretty fun. And uh, we, because we're big and we actually sponsor it We actually got brought the authors into our office And had a little thing Which was the first of multiple things I had to do yesterday uh, And I got my book uh, I got a book signed by the Kind of the author who made the list uh, for it And uh, so that's fun uh, That is uh, is Alexander Chi, Who wrote uh, Queen of the Night In case anybody's interested I know it came out earlier this year I haven't read it yet But I've heard good things It's long Caitlin says it's long So, is it good?
2: It depends on your tolerance for historical fiction and for characters who get carried along by events. Um, if you really like that period of history, like pre and post-revolution, uh, you, you might enjoy seeing sort of the close brushes that the characters have with the important figures in that period of time. Um, I felt like it was really boring. Um, All right. Your mileage may vary.
1: Sounds good. Well... Fingers crossed. I, I can say I've read five of the other books that he selected for the list, and he brought those authors as well, and I've at least appreciated the other books. So, if nothing else, I appreciate the list he's made, whether or not I end up enjoying his book specifically. So, um, lots of various social issues brought up with each individual book that have been... Some of them tie into modern events, and some don't, but they were all all good and valuable perspectives for me to, to hear. So, that was, uh, that's been a small part of my weekend that is similarly nerdy, but differently nerdy, uh, and I look forward to hopefully being able to come back for, like, an hour or two tonight, good chance that won't happen, but then I will be back late tomorrow and be able to finish out the weekend without having to anticipate any more wedding stuff, so, uh, yeah, that is it, I guess, for this time, so next time we record, will there's a small, small chance we'll be able to do Sunday night, but probably Monday morning, afternoon, is when we, next time we'll record, so... Uh, yeah, on that note, we'll, uh, we'll be back on it in a bit. Bye. Okay, everybody, we're back for part four, which is day five of Dragon Con. Um, <gasps> as we predicted, we did not get any recording done Saturday night or Sunday night, so it is Monday afternoon, uh, Dragon Con is winding down, I think the very, very last panels are in session right now. Uh, So we are done with our Dragon Con And uh, we have a lot to catch up on We do Because we haven't actually We've intentionally last time we recorded? Saturday afternoon
0: Right, after Daredevil
1: Right, after well our second Daredevil uh, panel So uh, yeah, I left then to go to a wedding rehearsal and stuff And we never reconvened to talk about what we did the rest of that day Now I'm trying to
0: remember what I did the rest of that day Sorry, I, I think I'm a little far away from the microphone
1: I can mention that so I actually did end up coming back to Con later that night after you were asleep um, for a few hours and I made it into the gaming room. I met up with some friends who were in the gaming room. They had this really cool setup this year uh, through a partnership with Momocon where they had a bunch of free weird Japanese arcade games. Um, So I actually played this really weird game. It was a table flipping game. Like if you know the table flip meme where people just like flip tables because they're upset. So the entire video game was just a bunch of Japanese characters like standing there and you would start up a scenario and you would like slam on the table three or four times to like build up an anger meter and that wasn't like a force of a feat of strength or anything it was you would just hit it at like a button press but you know you would smack the table and then it would be time to flip the table as hard as you could and it's it's basically like a half table that unlocks when it's time for you to go It and you really do flip it and then on screen it translates to how far you flip the table and it's just this super cartoony thing where uh, the stuff on the table takes out the scene so like one of the scenes is a wedding that you can just completely annihilate one is you're a teacher with uh, belligerent children mm-hmm. um... And then there was one where uh, me and another player played against each other. You take turns to see how far you can flip a table from the uh, in a baseball diamond. It's a very weird scenario, and there's some stuff on the table, but we, we since we don't understand Japanese and couldn't read the text, which ostensibly was ridiculous anyways, we think the scenario was that there were families who were being held hostage further down the baseball diamond, and so we were flipping the table in their direction to somehow free them or something. So even though I definitely lost... Uh, it did come across... As, well, I definitely lost, but during my round, I did take out the families, too, because stuff off of my table flew further. It was very entertaining, very weird. Um, and then after that, I met up uh, at the same time. I, I sat down with some friends, and we played Munchkin, um, and, which is a really fun game. But we had specifically played the, uh, the Adventure Time version of Munchkin. Um, so it was fun, had its own twist to it. Uh, it was neat. I uh, did that for a few hours, then I went back home. Uh, Saturday night and Had a busy day Sunday where I did not Make it here at all except when I came to Crash in the hotel room And then uh and then here I am And we'll talk about our Monday Together later but so yeah What what did your Saturday and Sunday Look like?
0: Alright it took me a while to remember what we did Saturday afternoon (laughs) but What we did Was uh we got Our photo op with Charlie Cox Uh me and Caitlin so uh that's, uh, we were, we had bought the photo op the day before, uh, which I think I talked about. Um, and our time was at two o'clock. So, uh, we actually got to be the second people in line. We were actually the first people in line, but, uh, uh people with disabilities aren't made to wait the full length of line. Um, so they were able to go first, which is fine. And we were second. So we got in and out pretty, uh, quick. <laughs> and, um, but he was uh, very nice, uh, you know, asked our names, shook our hands. Um, we both got, like, a side hug with him as we took the photo. Uh, you know, very nice hug. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we got our photo. We got a digital copy. And then after that, I feel like we met my mom upstairs somewhere. You I don't you,
1: know where. No, I'm, I'm thinking about your Sunday. I don't know yep. what you did today. Okay. Um,
0: so we got through our line faster than she got through hers is what I feel like happened, but I know she was in a line. I don't know if that was when she was waiting for summer glow and then it didn't happen. Her line was cut. I think that's when our line was cut, but, um, regardless, uh, I don't remember what we did after that. Uh, eventually we went to dinner that night. Um, and, uh, let's see the, the only panel we went to that day that was super interesting was, um, uh, actually a scholarly panel. Um, on the history of Star Trek fan fiction. Mm.
2: Uh,
0: it was really good. It was given by a Ph.D. student. I don't remember from which college. Um, and so she had a brief history, very brief, because she only had like 30 minutes to give it in. And then there were some uh, really good conversations after that about the, you know, the different archives she found the stuff on. Uh, you know, it turned out she had a Trekkie mom, so she was able to find a lot of the old fanzines in her attic Um But uh, it was really interesting to see kind of uh, the history of those fanzines Um, and of course now it's all that kind of fandom resides on the internet but back in the day that wasn't the case. Um, And it was a really interesting panel. We very much enjoyed it Um, and that was the funny story about that is that was in the fourth floor of the America's Mart where there are panel rooms which is also where the vendor rooms are. So if you just keep going up you'll hit a you'll hit a room of panels. Uh, But we, the panel was at seven. The vendor room closes at seven. So we're trying to enter as they're trying to kick everyone out of the building. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we got challenged like four times by four different security guards. And we're like, we're going up to the fourth floor for a panel. And uh, at one point, uh, the guy was literally like moving the, uh, um, the lines so that you couldn't get to the vendor room. But that also meant you couldn't get to the escalator. Uh, and we were like, how are we supposed to get the escalator? He's like, well, you go that way. You can only go down. And we were like, uh, there's a fourth floor panels. And he was like, you're right.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and
0: then they had to reset the line so people could actually like make it to the escalators. Uh, so that was a little bit of an adventure. And that room was frigidly cold. Um, and then after that, we walked around and got some good pictures of cosplay around the con. It was very crowded.
1: I should, really brief aside, I should mention that this is the first time we're recording not in a hotel room, we're recording in the Westin lobby area, like in a corner um, where we're huddled and plugged in, and Mandy wasn't aware of this, but so behind her is like everybody's luggage, and so there were some of the staff members who have been responsible for doing, uh, for like finding people's luggage and taking it to them, who, uh, for people who are getting ready to check out, and one of the guys was just like sitting there watching us for a minute, and he was just like, almost uh, like a... For a second it seemed like he was craning to hear because clearly we were not talking like we normally would for a normal conversation. It was very entertaining just to passively observe. You mean so- we don't
0: always sit here with a microphone between us and very like distinctly... Um
1: Enunciate our, yeah. our words. I mean, I'm pretty sure that we're that I at least am speaking more quickly now than I normally do when we're recording because we're sitting here talking in person. And I, whenever I'm editing the podcast, I realize how much more slowly, by by quite a bit, that I I'd speak when we're uh, when we're podcasting. And I'm somewhere like halfway between my normal speech and normal podcasting speech right now. So I feel like really I'm fun. trying
0: to project a little bit more than I normally would just because of the
1: surroundings. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, yeah. I'm sorry to, to detract, but I just wanted to give context for that. That's why also you probably hear a little bit of like a, an echoiness and some background noise, and that's just the situation that we've got right now. So.
0: Yeah. I feel like we did something else on Saturday, and I just can't remember what it was. Something between Daredevil and dinner, because when we got our picture with Charlie Cox, that would have been 2.30.
1: And we mentioned before what you were wearing that day. What was it? Uh,
0: um, I started, oh, I started out the day wearing Nova. Um, and, uh, oh, we changed. That's right. Nova. My Nova costume is my favorite cosplay. Um, My friend Erica helped me sew, well, she sewed the um, tunic. I made the helmet. Unfortunately, when I made the helmet, I I didn't mix one of the layers that you you use, the base. I didn't mix the ingredients that harden it properly. And one of the corners is softer than the rest. So there had been this crack where, like, clearly I had touched it and it had broken off from the rest but it just got worse and worse throughout the day and uh at one point after the photo op uh I grabbed it in such a way that uh it oh we went to the vendor's room
1: Oh, you did go to the vendor's right. That's yeah.
0: right. Which was a nightmare. Never go to the vendor room on Saturday.
1: And keep <laughs> out, that was her second time going to the vendor's room because they <coughs> went to the vendor's room right, uh, right as I left on Friday. Right. Um, right. So, so we were
0: like, what are we going to do? We're not really dying to do anything. And both Caitlin and I were like, well, we need to buy gifts for our boys because the first time around we kind of just got stuff for ourselves because Dragon Con. Right. Uh,
1: you have to prioritize. You have
0: to prioritize. Uh, and uh, usually if we do go on Saturday because we have gone on Saturday in the past it's during the parade but this year we were waiting for the daredevil during during the parade which we already talked about um, so we went and it was suffocatingly hot um, the first floor was actually fine uh, the rest of them were awful uh, it, it was pretty bad but we found what we were looking for so during all of that going through it, it's hard to wear the helmet when you're in a huge crowd because uh, you can't do there's no peripheral vision um, so I had taken it off and was carrying it and I grabbed it in such a way where I worsened that crack and I was like, I need to go back to the room. I need to change. I can't wear this anymore. Um, I'm afraid I'm going to tear off that whole corner. Um, so we went back to the room and I retired the Nova helmet. Um, I might attempt to fix it more like just strengthen it on the backside. Um, not to, you know, change the way it looks in the front, but I may just retire Nova forever. I mean, this is, it's like sixth or seventh con. Um, so, so... You've
1: gotten a lot of good use out of it. And given your experience now, you could probably make a better helmet for, for something else. Yeah,
0: and, and I do want to make an X-Wing helmet in the next year, so we'll see how that goes.
1: Because if I recall correctly when you were making Nova in the first place, that did not, like, it wasn't a first-pass success, right? Like, you had some modifications. No, modification. that
0: was my only um, attempt to make a helmet. Uh,
1: but did not everything go quite as, as oh, planned? No. Nothing okay. went as That's planned. That's what I was going to say. I, rem- I, I remember, well, yeah, I knew it was your first attempt at a helmet, but I... I felt like there were multiple stages where maybe you wanted something to work first go, and it didn't quite work as, yeah, expected, so.
0: Yeah, the, the interesting thing about Nova Helmet, and I have a whole blog post about this that we can link to this in the show notes, is um, I had to modify a Boba Fett helmet pattern because nobody has a Nova Helmet pattern, so it kind of, you know, it's not a perfect helmet, <laughs> uh, but it has a lot of, you know emotional meaning for me.
1: Which is why when you do retire it, you need to make sure and just stick it in a glass case or something and have it on display for for posterity.
0: Yeah. So um, after that, we went back to the room. I uh, changed into um, what is normally my steampunk Hawkeye, but I didn't have my bow because uh, it's, it's a big hassle to bring uh, because it's a technically a weapon. Uh, and bringing it through airport security is possible, but annoying. And I was worried it was going to rain this weekend because of the hurricane. And I didn't want it to get wet because it's a real bow. Uh, so uh, I had everything except the bow. The mask uh, that I bought in the vendor room can be used for a Huntress or Hawkeye. So a lot of people I think thought I was Huntress, which was fine. Um, so that's what I was walking around in the rest of the evening. So that's what I was wearing that day. Um, Caitlin uh, was wearing, um, uh, she was wearing her Ray costume earlier in the day. And then because I didn't want to be the only one dressed up in the evening, she put on her She-Hulk costume. <laughs> Uh, Fun. So yeah, that, that's what we did in the evening. Um, we went to dinner at that corner cafe uh, mm. that we've eaten at before. I don't think my mom had ever been there, but she enjoyed being able to get breakfast for dinner. So, uh, <laughs> Brinner. Yep, yeah, yep. So and that's what we did on Saturday. We went to bed at a reasonable hour because uh, we knew Michael wasn't going to be back till late. And
1: uh, well, I'm not at all of, Saturday night.
0: Oh, that's right, not at all Saturday night. And I'm kind of sick as you know, still since the Ghostbusters podcast, as we've talked about. And my mom is sick, so.
1: Yeah. yeah. So yeah, again, the, the plan wasn't for me to uh, come back Saturday night, but I found that I had a little bit extra time than I thought I would after my friend's uh, wedding rehearsal, and so I ended up meeting up with some other friends who originally I was planning to see Sunday night, and thank goodness I went ahead and saw them Saturday because I would, didn't have the energy Sunday. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. Um, I guess, yeah, we can roll right into Sunday then. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely... I, I volunteer at my church and stuff, so I was going to be gone... Uh, earlier in the day anyways uh, and i think i did that last year but uh but i would have normally wanted to come in the afternoon but i had my friend's wedding um so i went to that uh related to so even though i left uh the left dragon con proper at my friend's wedding we did at least have a fun uh, wedding cake on the the wedding cake from the front side like it's like a pretty normal cake but it has a king and queen from chess um and on the top of the cake and uh really fun is like a fun little note: Since uh, the groom is white and the and the wife is black, they actually made them different color chess pieces too, which is pretty pretty sweet. Um, but on the back side of the cake, hidden in the corner, so you would only see it if you went to look for it, is uh, there was a Chewie and Han Solo action figures with a print of the uh, of the Millennium Falcon on the bottom of the cake, and uh, there was a little hanger like. If you look closely, it actually looks like a the texture of like a metal hanger for like a, a ship hanger that is draped above it. So it looks like you're just kind of looking into the hanger that they're standing in front of. So that was a really cool little geek touch to their wedding um, that otherwise was not an especially geeky wedding, and made me feel like uh, it was okay to be missing Dragon Con for a little bit. Um, also, really funny story, and I haven't told Mandy about this yet, but uh, so. At this wedding, it's the first time ever that I've seen a bridesmaid's hair go on fire during the wedding. What? Yes. What? One of the bridesmaids standing opposite me, because I was one of the groomsmen, is uh, so she's ob- oblivious to the fact that she's standing in front of some candles uh, during one of the portions of the ceremony, <coughs> and uh, so she's she's standing there, and one of the other bridesmaids got this look in her eye, and she kept looking at her and seeing that the bridesmaid in front of her was getting really close to the candle but wasn't hitting it and so she just kind of kept her eye on it so that she could if the other bridesmaid got too close she could like tap her or something but she didn't want to do it unless it was necessary and so she looked away for about 15 seconds and the next thing she knows the girl's hair like the girl had like leaned back a little further than she could lit on fire we see smoke coming the violinist oh my the violinist gets the the just the most uh, the violinist does not know how to handle herself the uh, the, the the videographer thankfully, is, po- is pointed towards the groomsmen rather than the bridesmaids, so didn't get the fire on camera, but got all of our reactions I to it. I feel like
0: I would want that on camera. I- I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> it was so so funny, because you could see like everybody get alarmed really briefly, but uh, they caught it, put it out within about like three seconds, and then it was just the smell of burning hair wafting oh, over us for a minute. It's an but, awful smell. But uh, that said, it was that was happening along with something else really a a really complicated scene so let's let's sit back a little bit Um, there are many various traditions that people have in weddings um, where they'll to show the unity between two you know the two getting married so there's like the unity candle the the mixing of the salt or mixing of the sand and so like so they were going through this is why
0: we practically eloped but you know (laughs)
1: But they're sitting there, uh, apparently a a couple of months ago, deciding which things they should do. And the bride and the groom was like, you know what? You can choose which of these things we do, if any. And the bride picks one from a list. And she picked a thing that was like the, uh, the, something about like the trading of salts or something like that. It has to do with old old culture, how salt was once really valuable and and so on. But she didn't, she just mistakenly picked it. She actually wanted to do the mixing of sand because you can't separate it. But he, he had no reason to object, so he's like, okay, I'm going to do this. And he researched it and made sure and set it all up and got <laughs> some really nice salt for it. And she goes in the entire time expecting them to do something. And it's only during the actual ceremony, when the when the preacher is sitting there describing what they're going to be doing, that she gets this look on her face of confusion and then is trying not to burst out laughing. And I'm one of the like four people on stage who can see her face. And she just looks like she's going to burst into a fits of laughter. Because she totally realizes it was on her. She's the one who made the who chose the wrong thing and it just didn't click with her that she that she did, because she just saw something, assumed it said something else, and moved on.
0: Salt, sand, it's
1: similar. Well, but it got so awkward because the salt thing, they had these two little glasses of water set up where you would stick your finger in in the glass of water, then in your salt, and then touch your now salted finger to the other person's tongue to exchange salt. (laughs) very awkward and it's just super funny and so I'm trying not to laugh and she's trying not to laugh and then she turns and sees that her bridesmaid's hair is smoking and so all of this happens at once it was very very funny Uh, everybody was relaxed nobody was upset Uh, afterwards the girl's hair is totally fine like no we couldn't see any visible damage or anything but it, it was just in the moment just a really funny confluence of two two funny things happening at exactly the same time so yeah <laughs> that's that was amazing. that was a, f- a fun little wedding story we're gonna remember that for a while um, so but that's what I did most of the time and then I went to a, a bunch of you know some a couple of friends were in town and went with them to a bar and then finally made it and crashed very very late at Dragon Con and had a hard time waking up this morning yeah. which we can talk about after you tell me about your Sunday
0: All right, so Sunday, I actually had things I wanted to do. So it was a little more uh, planned, I guess. Uh, So the first thing we did was the Kim Possible Reunion.
1: Which we talked about on Friday, I think, Thursday or Friday, and I am so jealous. I wish I could have been there.
0: So it was Christy Carlson Romano, uh, Will Friedle, and then Jason Marsden, who, uh, if you were a child in the 90s, you may not know who Jason Marsden is, but you do know who Jason Marsden is. He is the voice of Max in the Goofy movie. Uh, he is like uh, the, the guy Dana dates in the Step by Step. He's like literally in every show that was on in the 90s. Uh, and he was only in two episodes, uh, I think, of Kim Possible. But So people would ask questions. They'd be like, This is for the whole panel. And he'd be like, I was only in two episodes. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, I, it, it was great. Uh, Christy Carlson Romano is actually pregnant. Um, and uh, I. But uh, it was a, it was a really good panel. It was good to hear them talk. Uh, I didn't know that um, she was in uh, New York going to college while they were filming *Kim Possible*. Uh, oh. So the rest of the cast would like get together and record, uh, and she would be in New York City, uh, and so she would record her stuff alone. And apparently, she didn't know they were all like listening to her. Uh, and and she was while
1: she was recording (laughs) when did Uh, she find this out
0: in the panel I think Um, oh wow so I yeah but it it was uh, I also learned that um, Will Friedle has anxiety um, which is actually if you watch Boy Meets World why he gained a lot of weight in the college years because of the anxiety medication he was on and that's why he does mostly voice work now he doesn't like being in front of the camera anymore uh, but it was really uh, interesting and cool to hear him talk about that um, and, yeah, it was just a really good panel. You know, a lot of people. Uh, Kim Possible was a part of our childhood. You know, I was in high school during Kim Possible, and Kim was in high school. And that was one of the few Disney shows that had, you know, high school characters. And I really loved Disney. So I, I, I really liked that show. And it, it was a really great panel. Um, and I'm glad we went. Uh, and then, um, then after that, we ate lunch. And the next thing on our... The next thing on our calendar was Brandon Sanderson's only official Dragon Con recording session. Uh, Brandon Sanderson, if you know me, is my favorite living author. He's the guy who finished The Wheel of Time. He's uh, very popular, to say the least. Uh, so we're like, we're going to be there an hour early, right? And my mom, this is when my mom was going to stalk Summer out. So we're all going to the Marriott because the Walk of Fame and the autograph room for the authors are in the same hotel. They're on different levels. Uh, And so we send my mom up to to mill about Summer Glau's table, which my mom ended up being the first person in that line and got her signature, so no worries there. But we go to uh, Brandon Sanderson. There's already a huge line, huge. And we get in the last, like, row of people they allow in the room, and then they start an overflow. And the head, like, autograph guy is like, we did not expect this level of line for Brandon Sanderson. And I'm just like... Why wouldn't you? That doesn't make any sense to me. And he basically kept trying to see if any of us were secretly waiting for Jim Butcher. And, I, I don't know. I love Jim Butcher. I have strong opinions about But I feel like he final. has
1: fewer fans but than Brandon I, Sanderson, but a good thing. I feel like bit.
0: Brandon Sanderson is on another level. I feel like that's being surprised George R.R. R. Martin has people in his line, and are you secretly here for Jim Butcher? Like, no. Like, we're here for the guy who is, like, along with George R. R. Martin and Patrick Rothfuss, redefining what epic fantasy is, right? Like, and they were just also shocked. Um So uh, my experience with Brandon Sanderson is actually that he's a pretty fast signer. But this time, I think he was pretty slow because he knew it was his only one. So he was signing still only two books for each people. But we had been waiting an hour just when he got there. And then we were waiting another hour after he got there. And then um, the authors at signings can go 30 minutes over their time uh, because there's 30 minutes between different panel times. So if they have the time, they can until another author comes and kicks them out of the table. But he actually had a 2.30 panel. So it's like 2.10. We're like six people away from Brandon Sanderson finally. And he's like, all right, guys, i got to go to my next panel. I'm going to speed sign. So you guys need to stand in line, open your books, and I'm just going to go down the line signing. (sighs) So, that's what he did. I got the That's super nice of him. Yeah. I mean,
1: because he could have just walked off. That that is
0: very true. Um, And and it
1: would have really been hard to complain to him. Yeah, I
0: I have several thoughts about this. One, he wasn't able to personalize, which I don't have a problem with, because I have so much stuff personalized by Brandon Sanderson. I have stalked Brandon Sanderson across the nation. You know, that's what I do uh that's not entirely and that is true. that is going he to be comes, as soon as this
1: publishes that is on record on the internet so <laughs>
0: that's not entirely true he happens to have traveled to many cities I happen to live in or be in um so uh I've gotten very lucky uh that I've interacted with him many times and able to been get his signature many times uh so most of my Brandon Sanderson books are signed but uh so I didn't need personalizations uh, I felt really bad for the girl behind me she was. She had made a cosplay that was from the cover of one of his books, oh, no. and she really and like she really wanted to talk to him about it. And he like noticed it and was like, "This is super cool." And was like, "I don't have time to talk to you. Uh, come by my booth in the vendor room later, because apparently he was going to be signing there." But I felt really bad for her, um, and kind of wished we'd been able to move her. You know, for, I, I was thinking that if it was going to be for some reason like cut off, like they were going to be like, "You are the last one, Mandy," I, I would have given her my spot because I'm like.
1: But, but, if you, but there's no point if it's not going to make a difference. Right, yeah, right. So. And you
0: know, it's just like, uh, um, And then my third thought is just like, you know, Dragon Con's usually really good about this kind of stuff, but I feel like they completely flubbed this. I feel like they have no understanding. I, I saw on Twitter later that um, his, one of his panels, they had to move to a bigger room. Like, they didn't plan for it to be in a bigger room in the first place. I literally do not understand. Does Dragon Con not understand who Brandon Sanderson is? He's been here before. Like I,
1: I, I it's really weird for them not to know. Especially, I mean, they should at least know that he finished Wheel of Time. Like that immediately puts you up up there right. even if he wasn't already you know, a maybe, really well-known big maybe fantasy it's because author. Because the
0: Wheel of Time track left Dragon Con and formed their own convention. So there's no longer a Wheel of Time track at Dragon Con. So when he's brought in, it's part of the fantasy literature track, which is fine. Um, but if anything, but, that
1: it concentrates it more, right? Because that means everybody here who's a Wheel of Time fan is going to go to his stuff. Right. And then you're also going to have anybody who's his fan for his other stuff, which he already had a big, big following for. Right.
0: So. Yeah. So that that was just really weird. And, I, you know, I don't often say this. I think Dragon Con's a great organization, but I think Dragon Con messed up. Uh, you know, I, I think they e- mess
1: up plenty. They do so much. It's yeah. easy. You can mess up a lot and still get way more right. And I right. think that that's in the camp that they do. Like, they mess up a lot every year, but they get a lot right every year. and and we love them for all the things they do write, so. right.
0: Right. Uh, so the next thing we went to was also Wheel of Time related. Uh, it was a four o'clock panel called Myth and History that was on the um, academic track. And um, the interesting thing about this is that it was sold as, um, you know, two people were going to speak. One of them that was talking about A Song of Ice and Fire, which if you know me, you know, I don't like Game of Thrones, but I know a lot about it, weirdly. um, I, um she was talking about, I guess, her study. She's a student of um, Daenerys Targaryen as a representation of white savior complex,
2: okay. Which
0: is, you know, a valid discussion to have. The other guy was going to be talking about Wheel of Time, uh, and I, um, uh, uh, he's a. He, I'm trying to remember what the description specifically said, unless well, what he said. But I, he was talking about Wheel of Time and his cultural the the myths of different lands that, like, affected it, I guess. Um, so, so that's what I expected. I expected, like, 30 minutes on, you know, A Song of Ice and Fire and Daenerys to Garin, and then 30 minutes on A Wheel of Time. That is not what happened. <laughs> so they also had two other authors at this panel who also happened to be, like, PhDs in literature and professors, and they kind of just like started at like random topics and uh,
1: so it was not focused. It
0: was not focused. Uh, they did bring up the like the moderator purposely brought up those two topics at one point and let those experts talk about it for like 10 minutes maybe. but I like the wheel of time guy didn't get to talk about that until the last 10 minutes of the panel. so I literally spent the whole panel being like, can we just talk about wheel of time now? But there were several things that were weird about this panel. One, there was a weird hatred of Rick Royden. <laughs> Which, uh, Caitlin and I were both like, I don't, like, they, they...
1: To clarify, he's the author of the Percy Jackson series and everything related. Right,
0: They were, like, you know, saying things like how people would say they're not well-written, but at least kids are learning Greek mythology, which they thought, they thought was bogus on several levels, because Greek mythology is not, one of the things they were talking about is Greek mythology is not actually a set mythology like we all accept it to be, right? right? But I was like, who says Rick Royden's not a good writer? Like, you know, I...
1: I've not heard that many people complain about it. Like, there's a lot of other things I've heard people complain about that, and and I like I understand exactly that sentiment because I've heard it and made it about lots of things, but I've not really heard it about that particular right. series. Like, for instance, um, when people talked about the like the Aragon series, which is not very good, and was written by I mean, I got into it because the kid was what like 16 when he wrote right, the b- right. first one. I was like, okay, well that's more than I could have done. That that you know for sure. Uh, probably not more than you could have, but more than I could have. <laughs> uh, and uh, I mean, and I enjoyed them for what they were, but but and that was often like a you know they're fine. There's the caveat they're not very good, but hey, people who are reading them and wouldn't read other things, great, you know. But Rick Riordan, like I I haven't heard that.
0: I have never heard that about, about and, his things. And yeah. I mean, these were the two PhDs who were fantasy authors were probably like forty plus. You know, so yeah. maybe it's just because they were older. Maybe it's because I looked up one of them does write middle grade and he thinks he's a better writer. I I don't know. I don't know. It's
1: weird. Knowing that one of them is middle grade, That that's weird to me too. Because sometimes, I, I was since you were talking about them being PhDs, I was like, well, maybe they're dismissive of middle grade writing. Like right. you know, Right. Like, I
0: mean, because that was my first thought. I didn't look that up until later. I was like, do they not know he's writing for middle schoolers? Or like they, they complained about his Disneyization of Greek mythology. And I was like... Rick Royden was willing to go to the point of saying these were all, like, the, excuse children. my language, but bastard children. Right. Like, like that is goes into that. far more than most people would be willing to do in middle Disney grade fiction. Disney wouldn't have done that. So, like, I yeah, don't... I mean, D- like
1: Disney literally removed that element from Hercules' origin, right? Right, like, right. So I'm
0: like, uh, well, yes, some like, stuff he probably glossed about, like, over. That's because Percy in the first book is in sixth grade. Yeah. There are certain things you just don't discuss with sixth graders. Like... I, I I literally didn't understand that part. The other thing is that it devolved into a discussion of cultural appropriation, um, that is always which you know what if that's what you're going topic. if that's the
1: topic you're going into prepared to have that topic that's one thing but otherwise it can often go off the rails and
0: what weird. what I thought was a very interesting observation uh, is that three of the panelists were white and one was not. I mm-hmm. cannot say what his
1: background background
0: was, but uh, his studies were Near East near. Near Eastern, like Middle East Studies, mm-hmm. like ancient history, yeah, like Mesopotamia um, And he definitely Had a uh, Non-English sounding name mm-hmm. uh, And uh, the other uh, White writers were basically trying To distance themselves from the idea that there are Monomyths, that there are you know Things that are common in all cultures We're all diverse, blah 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 And it was the uh, panelist of color Who was like, no, I believe there are some Stories that are the same in every culture And I was like I, you know, it, I, it was an interesting case of, I feel like, uh, you know, political correctness and extremes and different cases of uh, opinions, but it was a very interesting panel. I was really just there for the Wheel of Time, which was the guy um, who I can't, unfortunately can't remember his name, but the Near East. Uh, Studies guy, the
1: non-white guy, the non-white
0: guy who was talking about how, um, and he was actually really good about this. He was like, I don't think Robert Jordan was writing about this. He's like, I think when Robert Jordan writing about the two rivers, he probably means Charleston because that's where he's from. He's like, but as someone who studies Mesopotamia, of course, I immediately go to Mesopotamia. Yeah. And he's like, and I was able to see all of these things about Near Eastern mythology. In the wheel of time, and he's like, and that's what Robert Jordan was trying to do—is to make things that were applicable, like to everybody, that things that could be the 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 where all these myths came from. Uh, Whereas the girl who did the study on Daenerys Targaryen—it was really interesting. She was like, "No, George R. R. Martin is definitely making a statement on the war in the Middle East." And I was like, "Well, I think these parallels parallel very well." Like, and their common themes of, like, white savior complex and, like, you know, going into countries. Like, I'm not sure he's making a statement on current politics since he started writing these books in, like, the 90s. But <laughs> I, I just think it's a common theme that has been seen in American history yeah. multiple times. So it was a really weird panel that I, I, that I think we came away from with a lot of interesting talking points that we spent talking about over dinner you know things we agreed with things we disagreed with apparently one of the panelists thinks american culture because of twitter is headed for the garbage so you know how i feel about that uh which is that's crap yeah Uh, because
1: every generation has felt that way about the next generation yeah so that
0: was a really interesting panel that wasn't what i thought it would be i was really just there for the you know wheel time (laughs) um and let's see after that um Sorry, I'm trying to speed this up. I know we're taking a long time. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, we, I think that was the last thing we did that day because we went to dinner and then we um, went back to our room. We had been wearing plain clothes all day because I had been sick and I would gotten overheated the night before because uh, I have a cough and it's really hard to cough in a corset. It's a shock of no one. Mm-hmm. Um, but we changed into um, my steampunk outfit and um, Caitlin's um, hipster um, poison ivy. And uh, we walked around for about an you know, hour and a half just seeing all the things that are to be seen, all the different costumes. We saw this whole group of uh, Mandalorian army, um, and that was really cool. And then uh, when Michael texted us to say he wasn't coming back anytime soon, I was like, okay, let's go to bed. <laughs> uh, so we are probably the only people at Dragon Con who consistently got 10 hours of sleep a night, uh, which is a miracle in itself.
1: It was definitely not true of me. So, so, yeah, Michael which,
0: got in in the middle of the night last night, which then brings us to dude, this morning.
1: <laughs> so, this morning was kind of hilarious. I, I I really, I remember pretty much nothing about the morning. I know that, <laughs> like, I, I just, it was, I have not we been. We got up at
0: 7 in the morning.
1: Yeah, so, we got up at 7 in the morning, <laughs> um, heard, uh, I vaguely, like, heard snippets. I remembered somebody, people saying things, and I remembered that I did respond, but I didn't remember what my responses were.
0: Michael moved entire beds. <laughs> he doesn't remember this.
1: No, I, I don't. Because like,
0: he, he sleeps on an air mattress, and we were packing up, and my mom needed to pack it up, and me and Caitlin were ready to go. We were packing up stuff, too, so we moved Michael from the air mattress to the bed Caitlin and I had been sleeping in, but Michael, like, was a zombie.
1: So I basically just flopped on the bed because I, all I was trying to do was get out of the way, so I didn't, like, do anything. I didn't really even, like, fully move on to the bed. I think I was partially hanging off, and then uh, Caitlin, like... Threw a cover on me, yeah. or something. And <laughs> she was like,
0: "You're probably cold," and like threw threw the blanket on you.
1: And I and I and then uh, Mandy, what was it that you said? You said that uh, she I ra- said
0: you looked like a burrito.
1: And a, and then I remembered. So this was we discovered this at lunch. I remembered responding, but I didn't remember what I said. And she's and apparently I said, "Well, like like I am kind of brown, like the insides of one." Yes. <laughs> so this is what Michael does when he's very sleep deprived. So Michael
0: <laughs> slept. Uh, and we basically packed up my mom. My dad had been working all weekend, actually. Um,
1: He's a pilot. And
0: so. he had come back this morning. Uh, so he came back. Uh, we packed up their car. Uh, uh, well, I guess first, Caitlin and I checked our bags with the Weston, um, so that they could hold our bags while we were out gallivanting. Um, then we got uh, all my mom's car packed with all the wonderful stuff she brings us so we don't die over the weekend. And... Uh, uh, and they were gone by um, uh, 8.30, 8.45. Yeah. Uh, Michael was still asleep at this point. So my parents left. And then we went back upstairs and we were just hanging out because we didn't really have any plans and we're waiting for Michael to wake up. Michael did wake up when we got back, drank his coffee that my parents had brought him like two hours ago. Uh, <laughs> it's probably cold. Um, it was fine. It was then fine. I got a call from my parents that they forgot all of their hanging clothes um, in the closet, so they had to come back.
1: Which does not mean I got to say goodbye to them, yes. because I didn't previously. So
0: we handed off that stuff to them, and then since Michael had not yet been to the vendor's room, we went to the vendor's room. Yeah.
1: So, pro tip, if you're ever doing Dragon Con in the future, go to the vendor's room on Friday and Monday. Do not go Saturday or
0: Sunday. Yeah. The good thing about both of those days is Friday, they still have all their stock. Monday, a lot of the stock is on sale, because they're trying to get rid of it. Right. Uh,
1: and both of those days... The crowds are much more manageable. Um, yeah. uh, the only thing I, I ended up coming away with a copy of Super Mario RPG for my Super Nintendo, um, which is great because I didn't have the Super Nintendo until like a month and a half ago, and so I've been trying to collect a bunch of classics. Uh, so that's fun. Uh, the
0: only additional thing I bought was a lanyard. For I've I've had the same Captain America work lanyard since like 2012, I think, and it's not. It was like the only lanyard I could find that year uh, that was Avengers related. And uh, it's not I don't really like it It's just You know Soft And doesn't irritate my neck And has Captain America on it But I found a Black Widow lanyard So I'm very happy
1: Cool uh, And then uh, we went from that uh, I guess we grabbed lunch We saw Caitlin off And then we went to The To Brett Dalton uh, Brett Dalton panel Was that
0: nice? Yes Yes cool. We, we so. lunched Then Brett Dalton panel Who is uh, It's funny Because it was in the Marriott Atrium Which is like the biggest panel room But it's Monday At one At Dragon Con
1: so it was, you know, we didn't even fill, like, maybe a third of the... No, of we the didn't thing. fill a
0: third. It was, like, the complete opposite of the first Daredevil panel, <laughs> where yes. we were in the very back. This was, like, oh, no. Like, we're in the first third. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I asked a question She for, was the first
1: person to ask a question. Yes.
0: Uh, I, I have a friend who's a huge Brett Dalton fan, uh, so I asked uh, the question she requested I ask, which is what upcoming projects he has. Uh, apparently the answers are two chick flicks coming out in January. Uh, I, he didn't say, like, movie theaters or TV, I, I, All right, I, I don't so know. On up. First question. Uh, my name is Mandy, and I was wondering, for those of us who have enjoyed watching you for the last three years, which I decision.
2: hope is everyone, and thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you know, it seems... Uh, That's my interpreter. There's not a lot of optimism for uh, seeing you early in uh, the next age of S.H.I.E.L.D. So what can we see you on coming up? What other projects do you have?
2: Um, I'm doing a panel. Which is streaming live, <laughs> DragonCon TV, DragonCon TV, DragonCon TV yeah. um, If you happen to be in a hotel room later, they might be replaying it because it might be a highlight. Just saying, could um, be, could low light. And uh, I do have a few movies coming out in January. They are, um, they're in the romantic comedy vein. They're much lighter, um, you know, uh, much different than what you've got to see uh, me play on Shield. Um, but much lighter, I get to be kind of uh, fun and, and light, and tongue-in-cheek and all of that. Uh, they're redemption stories, they're very feel-good movies. There's a book coming out in January. One is called The Resurrection, thank you. Uh, Resurrection of Gavin Stone. Um, the other one is called uh, Lost in Florence, and both of those come out in January. I'm also doing a cartoon with Weird Al Yankovic. It's called, yeah. <laughs> called Milo Murphy's Law. In fact, Ming from our show is also in it. We play time-traveling agents. So, uh, you know, a you know. bit of a stretch, a bit of a stretch, but, uh, but it'll be a lot of fun, and uh, uh, everybody involved, it's the same guys who did uh, Phineas and Ferb, uh, it's really, really, really well done, with Disney XD, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that, um, you know, I get to be in a show that uh, my daughter gets to watch, <laughs> so yeah, it, it'll be a lot of fun, it'll be a lot of fun. And other than that, I don't know. I haven't checked my messages. You know, Spielberg uh, <laughs> could have given me a call and, and let me know that I'm... he's watching us right now. But be like, oh, huh, yeah, right. It's his brother. <laughs> it's technically Spielberg, but it is his brother uh, who's in yes. finance and has no idea. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so I hope that answered your question-ish, yeah. kinda, <laughs> it sort of. Yeah, okay. we're good. Okay. Are we on to the next question? What it's is for
1: a common theme in this panel was uh, was interpretive dance.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Uh, and, in fact, we got a little clip at the end. So, um, yeah,
0: that'll be yeah. fun. Yeah, um, And then we went to uh, get his signature for that same friend of mine. Uh, and, uh, yeah, then we came here. Excellent. And now we're chilling in the Westin.
1: Uh, Yeah, so that is our Dragon Con in a nutshell. Um, Definitely looking forward to next year. Definitely gonna be frustrated with with any friends who decide that they want to do a wedding on (laughs) Labor Day next (laughs) next year. Um, Might have to have words with them if they uh, (laughs) if they if they arrange that because I would very much like to be at all of Dragon Con or most of Dragon Con at least uh, come next year. So uh, that's it. You got any any final con thoughts? Uh, I
0: love Dragon Con. I love staying in the Westin. We got stuck in a... Ho- oh! We got stuck in an elevator.
1: You did? Oh,
0: I didn't tell you this. No. Okay, tell okay, me. Tell stuck. Me. For relative interpretations of the word stuck. But what happened is, is we're in an elevator. It's pretty full. Uh, the way the elevators work in the Marriott is half of them go up to, like, floor 45. And the other half start at, like, 45 and go all the way up. Right? Uh, so... We were in the lower half. We were in 39, which is on the higher half of the lower half, if that makes sense. Uh, and so we're in an elevator with a whole bunch of other people. They're getting off at different floors. Um, and then someone was getting off at floor 35. And that was the last person before us. So we get up to floor 35. Uh, the doors open. Um, and he gets off. And the doors close. The elevator doesn't move. We're just sitting there. Doors are closed. <laughs> The, the button's lit up for 39. I press it again, it's still lit up. I press 40, just to be like, maybe something's wrong with that button. Uh, nope, elevator doesn't move. I'm like, well, we should've gotten off. <laughs> and then, uh, so we're sitting there and I'm like, what do we do? And then we're like, oh, well we haven't moved, right? And we're like, yeah, okay. So first, before we call security, let's just press the door open button. So we press the door open button, the doors thankfully opened. <laughs> uh, we got off the elevator. We then pressed the up button and waited for a different elevator. But, yeah, that's the first time I've been stuck in an elevator at DragonCon. It wasn't really stuck, obviously, since we were able to get out. But it was a bit scary for a moment where you're like...
1: We've had a couple of issues with some of the elevators. Like, some of the elevators, one of the screens aren't working. One of them, I noticed every single pass, time you pass the floor under a certain speed, it would make a little, like, a like a funk sound. Um, and... I, what I expect with that is just that the doors were maybe misaligned, and so the way that the air, like the yeah. air drafts in, is there was a moving I mean, component. So these
0: hotels are just really crowded for the yeah. convention; they're at full capacity. Um, you they're know, beyond
1: full capacity, they're, really.
0: The West End, we, we've only stayed in the Hyatt and the Westin. Uh, the Hyatt was a nightmare.
1: Yeah, um, you do. If you can, if you are not from Atlanta and you want to stay in one of the hotels, and the Hyatt's all you can get, great. But that probably is the least pleasant one to be in, in terms of the way the elevator, like the elevators, are a Nightmare. So, yeah. so if you can get any of the other ones, do those over the end, I would say.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, we we really enjoy staying here. So I was kind of surprised, but uh, it's we,
1: much more our speed the way we do con, especially yeah. like if it's your first year, you might want to be in one of the more active uh, hotels and stuff. Especially if you're a person who parties late and stuff like that. But if you're a person who likes to get some personal <coughs> some personal space, some breathing space every once in a while, or some downtime, like. The West End is, as far as the con hotels go, probably the best one. For I
0: would say the Hilton's probably the best, but getting into the Hilton is next to impossible. Oh yeah, because the Hilton allows legacy booking.
1: Oh uh, okay, that makes sense. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, yeah, that was that was DragonCon.
1: Sweet. Um, any any cons coming up? I don't go to many. Basically, DragonCon is about it for me. So. Do have anything uh, else No, I
0: have no other plans this year. Until, like, um,
1: Bubonicon next year?
0: Bubonicon next year, man.
1: And, and are uh, they generally Bubonic, ba-
0: Bubonicon 49, yes.
1: So are Bubonicon and DragonCon always back-to-back?
0: Or? Almost always. Almost there like- was one year we moved Bubonicon super early because Worldcon was in London, um, and hmm. so all of the authors were going to Worldcon, and they wanted to go for, like, two weeks since they were paying for, like... Makes sense. You know, okay. trips London. Um, but usually it's back-to-back.
1: So uh, just so you guys know, Buganacon is a convention that Mandy goes to over in Albuquerque, which is a convention
0: the... I work on.
1: That's right, she works on. It. You do. Uh, I do uh, the
0: auctions. The auctions
1: late at night. So you you stay up much later than yours. You normally do. Oh
0: yes, there, there's the late night auction on Friday that starts at 10:30. Starts.
1: Well, so I like <laughs> how you talk about that as if it's late at night. Like I have friends, coworkers, in fact, who work full time jobs with me, and uh, one of them is a. At one of the more popular clubs in Atlanta, she is their normal backroom DJ every Saturday night, and she starts at midnight.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, this is an auction. <laughs>
1: it's uh, true.
0: And I normally go to bed at 10, so starting at 10.30 is late for me, and it goes till 1.30, uh, which means I'm usually not home till 2, because it's in Albuquerque, so I don't stay at the hotel.
1: Do you uh, do you try and like take a nap to prep earlier in the day or anything?
0: Uh, so... <laughs> funny story ideally I try to sleep in that morning um I take Friday off if I can um but uh we were getting our fence repaired our fence is cinder block because Albuquerque that's how things roll and uh I thought the guys were going to show up at eight they showed up at seven in the morning and started drilling out cinder block so um that was a lovely way to wake up so I did not get to sleep in. There wasn't really a pre-nap. Caitlin did uh, spend some time under the table in the office. Which Caitlin was
1: visiting Mandy last weekend as well. So they did two con weekends in a row. Yeah,
0: Caitlin is great and uh, comes to help with the auctions uh, for Bubonicon. um, And uh, also comes to DragonCon, even though she's an Ohio resident.
1: Yeah, so I'm a person who loves volunteering for things. And so I keep, like, in the back of my mind, I'm always like, I love DragonCon so much I should volunteer. Except that every single time I talk to anybody I know who does... They're so much more tired than everybody else. And it really, like, they like it, but it really doesn't seem like they're enjoying the con as much as I do. So no, it's definitely
0: not the same. Like, Bubana Con, I, the first Bubana Con I ever went to, I volunteered at. And it was because it's a smaller con, and I wanted to give back yeah. to the fandom community. And uh, you also
1: had Dragon Con to look forward to.
0: Yes. And I got sucked in from that to be just a volunteer to be on the con-con. And uh, it's a great con. The I con really, com? Uh, The con committee.
1: Committee, there you go.
0: Um, and uh, it's really great. I really love Bubonicon. I love everyone who works on it. It's really well run. Uh, but uh, you don't always get to enjoy it as much because you're working.
1: I, and I guess that if that was your only con, like if Dragon Con wasn't a thing for you, you might be less inclined to do that because.
0: I mean, they're very different cons. Right. Uh, you know, uh, Bubonicon is basically if the sci fi fantasy literature track of Dragon Con was its own convention. Um, but. Uh, uh, You know, like Friday, we spend the entire day usually setting up auction stuff, which is usually tying together a lot of books to be auctioned together, um, and then trying to stay awake till the auction. Uh, it was, you know, Saturday we usually sleep in and then show up and do the children's programming and then the, um, costume contest I help with, um. I don't run it thank goodness because running the costume contest is very difficult work I, I'm just a minion on the costume contest and then um, Sunday is the Sunday auction so you know it's it's pretty much nonstop things and I, and I can and usually do get to one or two panels you know go around to the art show things like that but it's it's very different when you're working it's it's a different mindset
1: cool all right well uh, I guess on that note that is the end of our Dragon con I will I mean, hopefully you guys will be listening to this pretty soon after we're recording this, but I also don't know how hard I'm going to crash tonight, uh, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah, until next episode... Uh, oh, wait. Yeah, we have we have a normal sign-off, don't we? Um, yeah, you can follow our website, at, uh, or you can go to our website, triv- TriviallyCrucial.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at TrivCrucial. Uh, Mandy is uh, brown underscore Aja. That's A-J-A-H. And I am Uh, at alhim a-u-h-i-m yay bye